And we are live once again here with the Project X podcast. I am Alan Smith. I'm Big Dave. And we're also joined by my dog, Biscuit, who will pro- you will probably hear in the background some because he just cannot stay away from people. So. Hi, Biscuit. <laughs> Hi. Come here and sit down. All right, buddy. Anyway, so today's topic... <sighs> We are going to discuss the most Gen X fill in the blank. Uh-oh, here we okay. go. Okay, which means that we're going to be going all over the place on this. They're evidently looking to start some fights. Too. Yeah, and, and then the, again, this is our opinions. We will discuss some of them. You know, we'll be like, okay, you know, we'll, we'll discuss the merits of this or that. We're not going to make a list at the end of it. We're just going to talk about the things that we think are the most Gen X. And, and this one's completely off the cuff. We did not prepare for no, it. No, We didn't really talk about it before. <laughs> I had to explain to Dave what I meant when I said it. <laughs> he, he basically gave me the title of the podcast, and I go, he wanted to discuss it. And I go, nope, turn on just the just computer. Turn the, and turn just, the, yeah, let's just, just start it. recording. You know, because everybody's opinion sucks. Exactly. So, yours. so basically what my explanation of this one is, yeah. what is the thing that you most closely associate with Generation X? Okay. In various categories, like <clears throat> movies or music or television or fashion or books. Okay. Well, any number of things, like literature, you know what I mean? Just oh, any number of Things that are created by or for yeah. Generation X. Even without meaning to, really. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, some 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 of these things that, that we'll discuss were created for yeah. uh, they were, us because we are Gen they X. Were very thought out yes. marketing ploys. Like and and this won't be. I'll give you a good example. This won't be one that I put on, even though I do like this movie quite okay. a bit. Yeah. Reality bites. That was a. That was that so, was somebody trying. Well, and look, I like the movie. Yeah. Okay. Some good music. Great soundtrack. Okay. Yeah. Great cast. But that movie was like Generation X, the focus group. You know, I mean, yeah, legit. They, like they, they were like, okay, how do we, how do we capitalize on this, this new it's generation? Like MTV made a training video right. for all the businesses out there trying to figure out how to market their products. Right. They shot probably shopped this around to that fizzy cola place in Atlanta. Yeah. And its competitor. <laughs> um, yes. If you want us to say your name, pay us. Uh-huh. Um, but oh, there you go. You got. You remember? Remember when the uh, the Spice Girls did the Pepsi commercial, and it was the whole Generation Next yeah. thing. Now, granted, they were they I, were going towards the millennial crowd. I've never felt more insulted in my life, right? Because they basically took our generation. Went, oh, you guys are so oh, over. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. It's Next, like, exactly. <laughs> um, Thanks for the five years you gave us. Yeah. Now it's on to something bigger and better. Yeah. In theory, don't get it started. And that's something that, you know, Actually, in go this, ahead, get us started, get us started. Go ahead. That's something that, you know, that would, before we get started on this, I would like to discuss real honestly, we know that before the 1950s, the idea of teenagers wasn't really a thing. True. Okay. It was, you were a kid and well, then you, you were an adult. adult. Then in the 1950s, <laughs> when, you know, television came into the home, rock and roll got started that all of a sudden there were some guys you know in new york and la who said actually in new york who were like hey we can create this demo we'll call them teenagers because you know they're in those teen years and we can market to them yep and for the last 60 plus years well, they figured out that you know they were getting allowances and they had some they had disposable income exactly so for the last almost 70 years you know 60 plus you know 65 at least yeah they have been marketing to that demo well here's the thing well you also had the rise of saturday morning cartoons right right well what i'm getting to though is that okay it started off with the baby boomers yeah all right well the baby boomers, and yes, I'm going to sound like a better gen, Generation X <laughs> here for a second, but the baby boomers have been marketed to for 60 plus years. Yes. And will probably be continually marketed to until they finally all die off because it will happen one day. Okay. 
Gen X, they marketed to us for about five years. Yeah. Like solely, we're going after this demo. Yeah. And then they immediately jumped on the millennials, well, and it's been marketed to them, and then Gen and the Z, and it's been the it's been the boomers, and then and millennials, and then Gen Z or whatever they're calling it, you know, or the, the or the post millennials as they're calling, yeah. you know, whatever it's called. And, and part of that is because those generations are so, so much, much bigger. Alike. They're so much bigger than us. Well, too. they're also very much alike. Yes, whether they want to admit it. To oh each yeah, other or absolutely. Not. They're so. Well, self-absorbed and, and one of the <laughs> and, and one of let's the, be honest <laughs> look and one of the reasons why they didn't um market to gen x our generation for more than five years or so it's because we didn't buy into it we didn't buy into it I know. we it was you could you could hear the collective eye roll the first time that when grunge went to paris Okay, when they had the fashion show and they were like, yeah. "Oh, it's grunge," you could hear the collective eye roll. And everybody's like, "Oh my god, uh, seriously!" Yeah. And it, you, you that could, was it. You could also, if you listened very quietly on a cool autumn evening, when when it came out, you could almost hear a collective whatever. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I have one for. I'm gonna have to find it, okay. but I have one for this. Uh, later on in of probably would be the last thing but well we started with movies so why don't we start with well here's the thing here it is okay I've got this here now so I've got I've got that from when we I was gonna say once again we're doing research when we were looking but what I'm gonna say when we look at Gen X and when I say we were marketed to for about five years it was from about 89 to 94 yeah I'll give you that one okay the reason why I say that is because it's generally they say that the millennials started somewhere around 80, 81, 82, somewhere in there. Okay. I, I, I have my own opinions on okay, that. Okay. Somewhere in there. Okay. Yeah. In, that, in that very early 80s. Yeah. And they ended somewhere in the mid 90s. That debate is 96, yeah. 97, somewhere. So you have, you know, that whole thing. Sure. Okay, so that means that in 94, you're looking at that 11, that, that first wave of 11, 12-year-olds that, oh, they have money. We can, well, and that you also start looking, what happened after that? You get boy bands, you get Britney Spears, you get, and that's all that generation coming in, okay? This was post-Nirvana, this was, po- this, you know, Cobain well, you, had, had offed himself that year. Let, let, let's define. I mean, it was just, what mm. what, did they, what did they say that the, the generation of Gen X is? It's from about. 63, 64, I'm, I'm somewhere around the magic, in there. I know, you look on, look on Wikipedia, and I don't generally like going to Wikipedia because it's really all opinion. It's not a PD at all. Yeah, no, no, no. But uh, they're let's see. They're saying okay, Wikipedia. Since we everybody yeah. knows Wikipedia is basically saying it's sixty-one to eighty-one. I disagree with that. I disagree with that sixty-one for one thing. Uh, I think that's going back too far. Yeah, I have okay. There I've, was I've seen a lot of reports say it's more like sixty-four, 64 somewhere maybe around 65 in there. I know to like, and I call it a hard cut off at eighty. Here, I'll I'll give you that. Here's why I say that. Because in all the talk about millennials, and because I've got friends that are in this section, there's a small subset of the millennials that are from like 80 to like 83 mm-hmm. that are really Generation Y. They, they, yeah, that's what they called them to begin with, it's, was it's Gen Y, they, and then they started calling them millennials yeah, after that. But the so. problem is, is that there really was a little bitty small... I don't believe that. I, I, do. I don't. There, there's a there's an attitude change. I get. I get because that that Y grouping and the rest of the millennials. And, and again, this is all us spitting in the wind. I mean, this because the thing is, is, is you go if you go and search ten different. Yeah, you're gonna thing, find ten. You're gonna find answers. ten different of where this ends and that begins yeah. and stuff. What I'm saying though, as far as us being marketed to, yeah, it started somewhere around 1989, in there somewhere right. at the very like. You and I would have been in high school at the time. Yeah, and well, I, I'll, I'll just say it. I graduated in '93. Okay, there was some because I moved around a lot. There were some irregularities that happened. I really should have graduated in '91, mm-hmm. and it was '93 instead. Okay, I graduated so, in '92. Yeah. Okay, I was a senior in high school when Nirvana broke. 
Yeah. And I was a year out of. No, I, I guess I was. Yeah, because the, their album came out in '91. Yeah. It didn't take off for a couple of months. Yeah. And then when it did, it changed everything. <laughs> it yeah. really did. Okay. Now, in saying that, I still don't think that Nirvana is the most Gen X band. No, I don't. Okay. And honestly, it, one of my infamous tangents, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm kind of hacked off at the, the gr- whole grunge fashion type mm-hmm. thing because I was I was a metal guy. Right. Same here. I, and I was already wearing boots, jeans, t-shirts, right. flannel shirt. Well, let's be honest. Axl Rose brought that in. Yeah. I well, mean, he, he, it was there, the, there were some others that brought. There were, it in yeah, there that. was a, there were, but it was one of those things when he started wearing flannel shirts and boots and shorts, like the jean shorts, uh, all of and the Doc Martens. All of a sudden, it was, oh yeah, we can do that. And then, well, I was already, know. I was already, because we were, we didn't have a whole lot of money. We were comfortable. We didn't mm-hmm. have a whole lot of money, and a lot of my stuff was hand me down stuff for my dad. Mm-hmm. So you know, the boots I was wearing were his old hunting boots, right? And we're talking about old. We're, we're talking about if there's any old timers out there. They were Herman survivors, mm. is what you know. They, I, I have no idea what that is. Yeah, <laughs> it was a really, really good. Yeah, um, you know, and the flannel shirts I wore were hand downs from dad. You know, so I was combining. You know, and then, you know, I had jeans, I had t-shirts, and you know, I'd be like, "Hey, can I borrow one of your flannel shirts?" You know. Mm-hmm. That was basically my look, and then grunge came in, and suddenly it's like, "Oh, you're a yeah, grunge I know, guy." I know. Like, <laughs> no, screw you, screw. <laughs> yeah. You. And honestly, that turned me off of the whole. You know, I hated Nirvana for the longest time because mm-hmm. I got lumped in with those guys, and I didn't have anything to do with them. Right. Uh, so, okay, our criteria is that we were marketed to from eighty nine <laughs> to ninety four, basically for five years. That does not mean that all of this stuff falls inside of that. No, because. <sighs> Because what happens is when something breaks, all of a sudden everyone rushes to get an imitator to find their Nirvana, to find their... They've got to be able to capitalize on yeah, exactly. it. Yeah, they, exactly. They have to find their Kevin Smith or their Quentin Tarantino or their whatever. You yeah. know, I mean, it's just like, oh my God, really? You know? And so it's one of those things that sometimes in doing that, they happen to find somebody who actually is really good yeah <laughs> you know this in spite of them trying to find an imitator yeah you know that's one of the things if you go back to the whole grunge thing some of the grunge imitators are actually better than the original grunge guys you know that's yeah and, yeah. and we're going to get a lot of hate for that. yeah i know but it's true i mean it, it really it really is true yeah what do you want to start with? Which one? You've already mentioned uh, Reality Bites, so we've already okay. started with movies. All right, we'll start with movies. I, I've got, since we've started talking, I've come up with two. I actually, I have three, and 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 we'll go ahead, and, and okay. I think we're going to agree on at least one of them. So, Well, my first one is Pump Up the Volume. I agree 100%. Christian Slater. Okay. Slater. Slater. I remember watching, I can't, I Christian can't Slater, yeah. yeah. I remember watching that movie. You're going to find out, folks, that I, for somebody who's in media, I can't talk at all. <laughs> I, I, I fumble most of the yeah, words. Well, when that movie came out, I remember it being in theaters, you know, and then getting a, a fairly decent push. Okay, this was Christian Slater post Heathers, which yes. was the thing that really kind of, you Pushed know, uh, he had a movie called Cuffs that came out mm. after that. I think they came out the same year, like 89, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. This one came out in 1990. I don't remember this one being a big hit. It was not a big hit. It found its footing on vi- on uh, on home video. Yeah. Yes. And it is one of those movies that he I'll be honest, I cannot remember his real name in that movie. I know his his radio is Happy Harry. I'm not going to say the part, but it's it's Happy Harry. Okay, it's a Triple H. Yeah, it is. It and but it's one of those things that the okay. I'm go, keep talking. I'm going to do a little research. The complete malaise of Gen X is encompassed in this movie like you would not believe. In the he had. Ex hippie parents, Mark Hunter. Mark Hunter. Yeah. He had parents who were ex hippies who have become yuppies. Who are now yuppies. His dad is like a head of the school district. 
and they still think they're cool and hip and they're not and they're out to change the world right by helping the school yes you know and and you know that 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 hippie neoliberal and i'm not you know i'm not taking a stance here i'm saying this is what they were they were these hippie neoliberals who oh everything was so great back in the 60s why can't it be that way now well because it's not the 1960s any longer and you need to they were also typical yuppies to Mm -hmm. where they came home they had dinner with their kids they Mm -hmm. poured a little wine they went to the living room and smoked weed while watching tv exactly and the kid went leaving their kid to their own devices in the basement exactly and yeah typical gen x stuff latchkey kid yeah raising yourself the parents you know their their ambition was more important yeah. you know their their career is more important than being parents yeah. they were trying to be friends to the kids rather than you know they let them drink or whatever you know because that's one of the opening scenes yeah. he walks and he grabs a beer and they're just like oh yeah whatever you know and then he walks out yeah. you know and it's like no <laughs> this is the problem okay yeah. and and it is that whole like Again, and I'm, I'm going to use this this term quite a bit because it really does sum up. This might be the most gener- Generation X thing ever. Yeah. Is the collective eye roll yeah. of <laughs> you? You can see it in this movie of all of the teenagers that are that are portrayed in this of just sitting back, going, "I can't believe we're getting away with this." Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. really, it really, it is. It is the whatever. Bef- long before. Cher said that in Clueless, you know, the whatever. It just, was a generational thing of of the, yeah, okay, fine, whatever. Just, yeah. just for reference, um, it looks like it was released in December 22nd of 1990. Right. I knew it came out in 90, so. Yeah. But I remember seeing it on my, you know, it was one of those things that came out on video. Home video. I did not go to the theater and see it. Yeah. And I remember watching it. And it having, I was, let's see, if we'll go with the general, back then, the movie came out, you said, in December? Yeah, it looks like initial. Okay, I remember watching it. So it was a Christmas release. Right. I remember watching it, it was summertime, so it would have been in the summer of 91, which means I was 17 years old, you do the math, I was 17 years old, getting ready to go into my senior year of high school. Yeah. Okay, so this hit me. Not that I had hippie parents or anything, but this whole this whole you have to understand that the the early nineties pre Nirvana, you know, pre like all of the sucked. They were a weird time. It, it was like everybody was holding their breath. Pretty much of like what's getting ready to happen. It, it's you like know? Everything's been done. Right. To kind of quote the movie, everything's been done, everything's used up. Exactly. You know, what, Nothing. And now you're just being marketed to. That's yeah. basically what it came down to. You're a piggy bank for the marketers to break and get the cash. Exactly. Out. Upon years of, of seeing this, from seeing that movie so many years ago and having time to reflect, and also from all the years of listening to podcasts and being on podcasts, I say that that movie was the, the progenitor of podcasting. Yeah, it's the whole taking the airwaves and 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 telling the truth, you know, telling, you know, subculture, right, pirate radio, pirate radio stations and stuff. And and this kind of this movie became a problem for the FCC. Very much so. Because everybody and their brother was trying to figure out how to start a pirate radio, including myself. Yes. Which honestly was a little easier for me to figure out because my dad you have a ham radio? In, no, he oh. didn't have a ham radio. Okay. But back in the day, he had, you know, back in the day when when CB radio came out, yes, no. you still had to get a license from the FCC to run a CB radio. Mm-hmm. I remember when they went unlicensed and it blew up. Oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, CB radio is basically um, a kid's entry level into mm-hmm. broadcasting and, Oh, this is cool. How do mm-hmm. we get to the next step? And that's when I started researching, trying to figure out how to right. do some of the other stuff. And that was the things you would hear every once in a while about a pirate radio station getting taken down somewhere yeah. here or that, you know, in the mid nineties under in the Clinton administration, they really cracked down oh, on that yeah. stuff and like shut down basically a lot of long running pirate radio stations. Yeah. And, 
including one of the big ones up in New York, if yes. I remember yes, right. Yes, there was. There was one in San Francisco that was the same, or it was in L.A. Yeah. It started off in San Francisco, and then it went to L.A., and it ran for years and years and years. It even had like some pretty big people show up on, yeah. on you know certain state you know certain shows and everything and then one day the fcc swooped in took all of their equipment find them gave them a fine and said thanks for thanks, thanks for, for everything yeah. and that was it and it was over you know so yeah that's uh if you haven't seen it i've watched it a couple years ago oh, not this past New Year's Day, but the year prior. I need to watch it again. I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah. Well, I was hanging around the house and, you know, and I watched some football. Yeah. I watched a few games here or there, but there wasn't. And I just kind of had got into a, I'm just going to watch some movies. Yeah. And I pump up the volume was one of them. And I had not seen it in a lot of years at that point. It still holds up pretty well. Yes, there's some dated clothing. There's some dated, you know, slang or this or that, you know, bands and all that kind of stuff. And the music on it was fabulous. Oh, the music. It's got a great soundtrack. For a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people. And I I had... um, a lot of people know Gwen Leonard Cohen because of this yeah, movie. Yeah, uh, that's what I was going to say. The whole everybody knows. Were, yeah. A lot of people were introduced to Leonard Cohen mm-hmm. by this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I had actually been introduced to Leonard Cohen beforehand, once again, from my buddy Kevin. Mm-hmm. His dad had a huge record collection. And I think he had some Leonard Cohen, and, he, and Kevin was like, dude, you got to listen to this. Right. Thanks, Kevin. It's your fault. <laughs> but yeah, Pump Up the Volume is a great movie. <laughs> I would... Yeah, I would say it's on my list as well. Of okay, the, the other movie mm-hmm. that kind of rings out for me um, as a very Gen X movie uh, is Singles. Oh yeah, you know. Okay, here's the thing, and I know because you know Cameron Crowe, yeah, who, who did Almost Famous, and he wrote Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah, he did. Um, I think he wrote. He didn't direct, or no, he did direct. Um, um, he didn't write it, but he directed uh, Say Anything. Oh, I did. Yes. I had forgotten that. Yes. That's one of uh, my favorite movies. Yeah. I'm, I'm not as big a fan of it as most everybody else, but that's a whole other, yeah. that's a whole other thing. Okay. I, I, it's a good movie. I just don't, I have, I'm just like, eh. You I know. have a soft spot for John right. Cusack and those, those 80 movies. Uh, Better Off Dead is still one Better of my Better Off Dead is a good one. Yeah. Anyway, so Cameron Crowe was in production because he, he was was and still is married to uh nancy wilson from heart yeah and they're from seattle so he had moved up there and they after living there for a couple of years he had started writing this movie about what was going on in seattle with all this music you know and everything and this is before it broke yeah so it was already in production when nirvana broke and grunge became a thing yeah so it came out in the summer of 92 or yeah, late summer, early fall of '92, or something like that. It wasn't one of those things that was like rushed into, like, oh, we had to capitalize on it. It was already it was there. It but was then the, there. the 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 you know movie studio was like, well, we need to get this out because you know we can capitalize on this. But I agree, singles is a great movie. Yeah, great soundtrack, great that, cast, that great story. That soundtrack is amazing. Yeah. Um, I'll give you that one. That's a that that's a that's a good one too. Here's let me go to one of mine. Yeah, go ahead. That that those are my two. So all the next ones are yours. Clerks. Yeah. Okay. Oh my God. Who I have done the dead. End I job? have worked in a video store before. Yes. I ran one for a year. That was about all I could take. <laughs> it's one of those jobs where you're like, this is the best job ever, until you realize that you are living the plot of the movie Clerks yeah. every day. <laughs> and then it's, oh my God, is this really going to be my life? Okay. Oh, yeah. um, but it is also, you know, Kevin Smith, you know, he, that movie spoke to this generation like you would not believe even if you don't like kevin smith and you think his dialogue is you know over the top or this or that or whatever it's one of those things if you just take the movie itself and look at its its bones yeah it's 
all there. It's and, the disaffectedness. It's the the fact that it was in black and white. Yes, because yes, because that point in time, I know that like, felt he, like it was in black and white. Right, and it's one of those things that obviously you know he did it. He says he did it because it was cheaper than than <clears throat> color film. I get that. Yeah, but the thing is, is yes, it being in black and white, it just set the tone. Yeah, of of that type of movie. Yeah, it, it's. That that for me is once again a great soundtrack. Great, yeah. Uh, Which is funny because it didn't have a soundtrack to begin with because it was made independently, yeah. and then like they were like, oh, well, we can get Alice in Chains and we can get Solosado and we can get you know this and that and blah blah blah, yeah. and they created a soundtrack around it. You know? And the thing about it is, is that there's a lot of deep cuts and bands that a lot of people have right, heard on, right, or, or, or listened to, and there's actually some great music there and some mm-hmm. bands that people probably should have listened to. Yes. It's true. It's true. Okay, and I have another one yeah. that I just thought of just a little while ago, and, and I know there's probably people already screaming, why have you not mentioned this movie? Yeah, okay. The Breakfast Club. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. John Bender is the prototype slacker no, Gen Xer. I mean, I mean that is... I mean, you've got... And it's also one of those things when you look at that, Yeah. you've got, you've got the burnout yeah. in Bender, and I'll be honest, I can't go on a lot of the names, of, but okay, you, you got on. the burnout. Getting the witch you've box got out. you've got the the alterna goth goth girl in Ali Sheedy. Yeah. You've got the popular rich girl in um, Molly Ringwald. Which, which she's back. Yeah. If if you haven't watched Riverdale, Riverdale, I know yeah. she plays mom on that. It's great. Talking I love a, Riverdale. Talk man. about a Gen X millennial show, dude. <laughs> Luke Perry, Skeet Ulrich, uh, um, Molly Ringwald. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, oh my god. Okay. Um, uh, Robin Robin Givens. Robin Givens. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, what's her name? Um, uh, Imagine. Um, I can't remember her last name. She was on Twin Peaks. Who? Alice Cooper. She was on Twin. Oh she was on Twin Peaks. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even realize that was her. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> I know that's what I'm saying. It's a, it's a deep dive. And anyway, so now that we, but uh, then you have Anthony Michael Hall, who is the geek. Yeah. Okay. You have uh, uh, Emilio Estevez, who's the jock. You have everybody represented there. Wait. You, okay. So. And uh, you find out that there's really not a whole lot of difference between, between all, of, all of them. I know. No. And it, and that was kind of what Gen X was was this like melding of all of this stuff where you're like. Oh yeah, we're all kind of alike, no matter what well, we're going through. It was that whole thing of you know we're all we're all kind of on our own out here, mm-hmm. and if we don't take care of each other, who's going to take right, care of right. us? Right, right. But like I said, John Bender is yeah. the prototype. You know, the 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 yeah. slacker burnout. You know that kind of is what we saw for. A while after that, you know, yeah. the, the, you know, the, the flannel and yeah. the, and the, and the, the trench coat yeah. and the long hair the and piercing. the, the piercings and the attitude and the, I mean, all that stuff, can't, it's right there, you know. Yeah. Now, granted, Judd Nelson was like, what, 30 when he, <laughs> he played a teenager, you know, it was one of those things. The only, like, the, the, the two, actual teenagers in that were Molly Ringwald and uh, Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah. Everybody else was in their mid to late 20s somewhere, you know. And yeah. uh, But it was just like, I, I think that that, you know, and, and it's also that whole. Okay, you've convinced it's me. It's also that, that whole F you to the authority, yeah. you know, with the whole, you know, you mess with the bulls, you get the horn, you know, and then what do they do? They mess with the bull the entire well, day. not only that, but <laughs> when he does the whole you mess with the bull, you get the horns. The collective eye roll exactly. in the room. Exactly, you know, and it's just um, that, there's that term again. That's gonna be our that's gonna be our term for this episode is collective eye rolls. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Yeah, exactly. So you know, okay. Oh so, well, whatever. Never mind. You so know, it's the volume singles, Breakfast Club, Clerks, Clerks. Did you have a third one? Yeah, I did. It was Clerks and Pump Up the Volume, and oh, so you 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 were with me on yeah, Pump, Pump Up the Volume, absolutely, okay. yeah, absolutely. So I mean, yeah. So I say maybe we're not going to get the one most Gen X, but those four movies. If you watch those four movies, those yeah. are four of the most Gen X movies. Genuine, yeah. Like I said, you can watch Reality Bites. I like <laughs> Reality Bites quite a bit, but it was a marketing thing more than yeah, anything else absolutely don't get me wrong it was it was it was selling you on how to be generous so yeah don't get me wrong Winona Ryder and Janine Garofalo 
and um, Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke. You put the three of them in a movie, and it's just going to scream Gen X no matter what. I mean, that's it's my coffee maker. Going oh, off. okay. Um, <laughs> coffee. We should be drinking Starbucks while we're talking about this. No, no. <laughs> yes. Okay, there you go. There's one of the most Gen X. Yeah, Starbucks. Starbucks yeah. is something that rose to great heights yeah. in the 1990s on the backs of Gen X. You know, I mean, it just... Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. As much as it pains me to admit it. Here's another the most Gen X. All right. Uh, we can call it the technology. The internet. Yeah. Here's what it comes down to. The internet was not created by Gen X. It was no. created, it was DARPAnet, it was ARPANET, it was all, it was military, it was created in that military industrial complex. Yeah. When the internet became available outside of just the prototypical, some guys in, in their parents' basement with modems, you know, on, mes- on message yeah, board, you know, you know blah, blah, blah. When it became widespread. name spread, yeah. Gen X built the damn thing. Well, yeah. I mean, it's true. Yeah. I mean, look look at the early like who created who created Amazon. Yeah. We're, we're talking about an Xer yeah. who created who created uh, eBay who created Google. Yeah. I mean, you go down the line of all this stuff, and it's like, oh no, they're a bunch of Gen Xers. Well, it, it's one thing once again something that our generation looked at and went, oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. That's got possibilities. I have and often they take it and they kind yeah. of make it their own. I have often said, here's where we get our explicit tag. Okay. Uh-oh, because I'm go. not gonna, I'm not right. gonna, yeah. J- just so everybody knows, he's about to say something that may not be <laughs> kid friendly. So right. if you're in the car and you got eh, your kids with don't you, don't worry. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna slap an explicit tag on the front of this yeah. so they know. Here's the thing: I have many times said that the internet is one of the, is probably the greatest fuck you dad that has ever been invented. Okay. Because Gen X was looked at as a bunch of slackers who could not do anything greater than what had already been done. We were told from day one, you were going to be the first generation in America that does not do better than your parents. Yeah. It's not going to happen. There is no way. And what did did Generation X, as collectively, what did Gen X do? They went out and built the freaking internet. Yeah. And changed the way we do everything. And yeah. that is a screw you, dad. Well, it was also, you know, when the internet hit, you know, we all, once, you know, when we were kids, the only way you could talk to your friends after you got the phone person, was the phone. Right. Phone was mounted to the wall. Mm-hmm. It had a 10 foot cord on it. Mm-hmm. Parents, it was probably in the living room or it was in the kitchen. Yeah. So your parents were always around. If you were lucky, maybe you had one in your bedroom. Yeah. If you were lucky. If you were lucky. And... After a certain time, that phone had better not ring, mm-hmm. uh, which means, it, and it was the same way at every house. After yep. after eight o'clock, that phone had better not ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did, Mine was a little later, but yeah, you know, nine, maybe, maybe I guess. nine o'clock. Yeah, but it better be an emergency. Right. And somebody better be dying. Absolutely. And the internet rolls around, and we get the you know I, I remember the first modem we had was like a fourteen four yeah. baud modem. Yeah. You had to sit there and listen to. Them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> and then the wonderment of AOL chat rooms. Yes, AOL. And AOL was a lifeline to the world. It really was. And made pretty good uh, coasters, too. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you ran out of coasters yeah, at your you, house. And you probably had a dozen of those discs laying around somewhere in the house that you could use. All you yeah. had to do was throw a little duct tape over yeah. the hole and you had a coaster exactly you know because they sent them like i swear every month you got one in the mail well, you could go by walmart and, and pick he, them up for free i know up for i know free. i know they were everywhere yeah I, I i knew a girl who would go to walmart and steal all of them and make like a wind chime out of them, nice you know? <laughs> but you know aol was how you talk to your friends after your parents had already gone to bed because mm-hmm. you could sneak in there and this turn. is in the days before everybody had a cell phone yeah you could like, sneak in there to the computer, turn the computer on, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't make any noise. Well, uh, it rel- would. <laughs> relatively so to the telephone. Yeah. And you could get on there, and you could you know, talk to your friends. You could talk mm-hmm. to people from around the world. Oh, I know. I did uh, it. I you, did it, man. You could talk to some really weird folks out there. You could have some really weird stuff introduced uh, to you. I, <laughs> I definitely got an education on AOL chat rooms. Yeah. So, so you know, and that's, okay. So, yeah, there's your technology there. Yeah. I, I, the internet has got to be the technology. Yeah. Okay. I'll give you that one. 
Let's Nash. talk about music. Okay, music. Um, right off the bat, I'm going to say Allison Chains Wood. That is a great one. Absolutely. You could say, and I know it's not your favorite era of Soundgarden, but Black Hole Sun. Yeah. Okay. I, I will begrudgingly give you that because for me, Soundgarden doesn't exist after bad motor. I know. I, I don't think Black Hole Sun is bad. It's just I'll different. Be, okay. It's okay. Here's it, what it is. It's not a bad song. I, I, look, it's not a bad song. It's not that whole album isn't a bad album. It's the fact that rock radio ran, ran it to death. Oh yeah, ran it into the ground, set it on fire, burned it. Well, you and know, tried to drive it down the road. Some they more. did the same thing with Alice in Chains, though. Rooster, I can't. Rooster, I cannot I, uh, stand. They ran. They ran Rooster. Rooster in the ground. They ran Heaven Beside You in the ground. Yeah, that was. I and that, that was album. on that album after. Uh, I know, like that album. Dude, that is they not ran the, that song in the that ground. That is not the best song. No, it's, it's not the best Alice in Chains album for one thing. Uh, uh, it's got some good stuff. Staley was barely on it. You know, that was when he was really having his drug yeah, issues, the, the you know, issues and all that. And it was more, um, oh. uh, it was more of a Jerry Cantrell yeah. who was singing, which Cantrell, you know, he, he's picked up the, you know, well, the, the new guy they got singing with him, he's pretty good. Yeah. But he's, I, I but wish, he's not Lane Staley. I, I wish they hadn't <laughs> called the band Allison Chains. I realize, I realize that the two guys who started the band are still in the band. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's not Alice in Chains. It's something else. Right. Okay. I have one. And this goes back to a previous previous episode that we did. Okay. It's an outlier. Yeah. But the song Bastards of Young by The Replacements. Okay. I think sums up Gen X in this one three and a half minute song came out in 86 87 somewhere around in there okay let me read lyrics here here's the first verse god what a mess on the ladder of success where you take one step and you miss the whole first rung dreams unfulfilled graduate unskilled it beats picking cotton and waiting to be forgotten the chorus is we are the sons of no one bastards of young we are the sons of no one, bastards, youngs, the daughters and the sons. Okay. Second verse. Clean your baby womb. Trash that baby boom. Elvis in the ground. Well, there ain't no beer tonight. Here you go. Income tax deduction. What a hell of a fuck of a function. It beats picking cotton and waiting to be forgotten. Okay. The bridge to it. I think this says it all. Unwillingness to claim us. Yeah, we got no war to name us. Which that's the whole thing with Gen X is they didn't give us a name. It was their Generation X. Yeah. That's you know. So here you go, last verse. The ones they love us best are the ones we'll lay to rest and visit their graves on holidays at best. The ones that love us least, they're the ones we'll die to please. If it's any consolation, I don't begin to understand them. I don't think you can get any more Gen X. Than the lyrics to that song right there. <laughs> that, that, that's pretty good. I, I've I've got one I'd like to throw out okay. there though. Uh, Mud Honey. Which one? Touch me, I'm sick. <laughs> okay, I know this song. Yeah, that's yeah. A, I I mean the first. I mean the first the first verse of this thing. You know, well I feel bad. You know, I felt worse. I'm a creep. Yeah, and I'm a jerk. Come on, touch me, I'm sick. <laughs> Um, you know the last verse. I'm diseased and I don't mind. I'm gonna make you love me till the day I die. Mm-hmm. Come on, I'm sick. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. I mean, it's we could go through and the thing. Of course, you know the obvious thing is to go into Nirvana yeah. or or Pearl Jam or one of those no. bands. But I Nirvana, really don't. Nirvana was the. That, I do believe that was the peer, that was the 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 pivot point. It, yeah, I do believe that the. Smells like Teen Spirit. When you, especially now looking back, and I know that's such a cliche. It's, oh, well, that's such a play. But when you really do look at those lyrics, you know the, you know, oh well, whatever, never mind. Yeah. I mean, the you know the whole come on, entertain us. Here we are now, entertain us. Come on, yeah. Do it. You know, there is that. I I think probably more when you get into like um, no, ex- uh, not no excuses. Um, 
that's a whole different band. Um, <laughs> um, no apologies. All apologies. Yeah, okay. You know, you got the lyrics of, you know, you know, I wish I was like you, easily amused. Yeah. You know, I mean, that kind of, that is such a, you know, it's such an eye roll in and of itself, you know, whatever. Uh, but I do believe that probably some of the best music comes outside of that. Again, the replacements or, you know, Mud Honey or, and there's probably a whole bunch of other ones. Again, write us, let us know. We'll give you all that information in a little bit. Um, <laughs> Okay, what about television shows? I've got mine. Well, I know what you're going to say. What? You're going to be 90210. No. No? No. Um, I did love that show, but no. Okay. I I can't think of probably Dark Angel for me. Really? Because that came out like a decade later. Yeah, I know, but it's... It's very much it, it, while it's sci-fi based and it's it's kind of weird. It's very dystopian. Mm-hmm. The government's taken over. Um, you know, it's I, for some reason I associate Dark Angel with Gen X. Yeah, I don't. Hmm. That's funny because it started millennial. I know. <laughs> I know. I, it's it, it's a weird thing for me, but for some reason it for me it felt like it felt like it belonged more yeah. back into that part of me wants to go with Buffy the Vampire Slayer I I can see that but I'm going with this one instead oh my, my so called life yeah only aired for one season yeah here's the thing this show was cancelled it was getting 10 million viewers a, a, an episode and it was cancelled in 1995 because they didn't think that that was enough viewers <sighs> networks would sell their soul to any deity you wanted them to in order to get that many viewers on a, a yeah. show these days, okay, that that tells you where they where we were as opposed to where we are now in this current media landscape. Well, you didn't have as many channels, exactly. You also didn't have as many like you know, the internet. You yeah. can get anything you want to. You know? But Angela Chase is the preeminent Gen X poster girl of yeah that really disaffected teen. She's trying to figure out who she is. She's got again ex hippie parents yeah. who are who you know are. You know, the mom's very successful, and the dad's, like, trying to figure out what he's going to do with his life. And she's it's, she's got she's got uh, Ricky, her friend Ricky, who's gay but hasn't come out yet officially. She's got her friend Rayanne, who is a complete just screw-up. And then she's got, you know, the best friend. I can't remember the other one's name. Oh, what was her name? They had this other, this other friend. They'd been friends since they were kids, yeah. but now they're not friends anymore. You know, that type of stuff. And then you had Brian, I can't remember his last name now, I'm going to kill me, who was like in, completely in love with her, but she was in love with, come on, what's his name? I'll be honest with you, I didn't really watch the show. That it was Jared Leto. Oh. <laughs> but, you know, his name, Figures. no, his, he was uh, Jordan Catalano, okay? And he was... Yeah, okay. He was the... The the misunderstood musician that you know no one really knew him because you know he was so deep and and you know he would show up to school every once in a while and she was just completely infatuated with him you know because you know he just he just needs to be taken care of and and all he needs is to be loved and I can help and I can fix him and yes yeah. <laughs> thanks for stereotyping musicians for us I appreciate that but he played into it too you know he was you know he was you know he was dating her but they seemed to imply that he was dating other girls as well no i I take back my dark angel that was my so-called life yeah Yeah. i know here's another one it's still in television but we're going to cartoons okay everybody's gonna say be with some butthead no i think there's a better Although I enjoyed Beavis, I did too. I think there is a much better Gen X cartoon that is Beavis and Butthead adjacent. You talking about King of the Hill? Daria. Daria, no, absolutely Daria. Daria, Daria. Is, that should have been my answer, not Dark Angel. I'm that, a failure. I fail as a Gen X. Yeah. <laughs> no, Daria was my comic man. Daria. I know so many Darias. It's not even funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was never a Daria, and and, and I, I was more of a Jane, her best friend. Yeah. You know the. 
I know so many quote unquote Darias. For me, Daria and, is what would have happened to Velma if, if yes. she had gotten done with the Scooby Doo. Yes, 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 and it had. She yes. finally got absolutely got put you know, put out and sick of all their crap, mm-hmm. and Shaggy had finally dumped her mm-hmm. and told her to go away. Uh, that's who Velma would have become. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, I'll tell you another. Yeah, it came out later. Did you ever watch Freaks and Geeks? No, I didn't. Okay. It, it's something I should have watched, and I didn't, but I wasn't Again, cool it's enough a, to watch it. It's, well, it was only one season, and NBC made it very difficult for you to watch it. Because they kept moving it around. They kept moving it all over the place, and they weren't sure if it was good or not or that kind of stuff. And, you know, Judd Apatow, before yeah. he was Judd Apatow, worked on this thing. Definitely go back and watch it. It's set in 1980. Yeah high school and it really is it deals with the freaks and the geeks at this high school yeah and again a very gen x movie or our tv series sure. you know even though not marketed to that you know it was but it was well actually it was because it was kind of like trying to tickle that nostalgia for older gen x you know from the, the people who were you know born because we were both born in the mid-70s and Gen X goes back another decade behind us, yeah. you know. So it was kind of hitting that nostalgia. I, I of, was seventy three. Yeah, I was seventy four. Yeah. So I mean, we're right there in that. Yeah, kind of in the mid, middle. Of it. You know, really, we're kind of on the back end of it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. can you think about? I mean, it depends on where you begin and where you end. You know, kind of, we're definitely in the middle somewhere. So yeah, that that's another one that could go into the television. Yeah. Uh, as well. Okay, so we've covered music. We've covered movies. Covered TV. We've covered TV. Technology. We've covered technology. We haven't hit fashion. Let's talk about fashion. Okay. Okay, I've kind of hit on this a little bit. There's a couple here, okay? Because, you know, like I said, I was a metal guy. Mm-hmm. And I was already doing the boots and the jeans mm-hmm. and the t-shirt and the flannel. Mm-hmm. And flannel is a big one. Yeah. Um, I, I always... I didn't have Doc Martens right until I got older and got right. my job because they were expensive. Uh, <laughs> on the other hand, though, um, back from when I tried to be, you know, a skateboarder mm-hmm. and wanted to be a skateboarder, but my parents wouldn't buy me a skateboard. Mm-hmm. Uh, you I have airwalks or vans? No, no I, I did have vans, but I was a I was a Chuck Taylor guy. Oh, okay, okay. I'm, I'm still a Chuck Taylor guy to this mm-hmm. day. So I like I, I've got a couple pairs. If I wasn't yeah. wearing my boots, I was. You know, it was high top Chuck Taylors, mm-hmm. and I would. They were only like they're still only like they're 50, still really cheap. I like mean, it's, 50, 60 bucks yeah. a pair. You can get them cheaper than that uh, for a if, good pair. If I mean. you if you you popped your mind, I heard. I know. Um, heard that. You know, in, in, if you find an outlet store, you can usually get one a buy one half off right, type deal. Right. And a lot of times, I would go in and buy. You know, they always had the, like you know the checkerboard and all that, but I would mm-hmm. buy solid colors, and I was I would mix match them. Like mm-hmm. wear a, a red one and a black one, or a blue one and a yellow one, or you know that type of thing. Yeah, um, I've got a pair of of All Stars, the Chuck Taylor All Stars. Yeah, I saw them originally in the '90s and wanted them and didn't buy them, and yeah. then they reissued them again years later. Sure, and it's the uh, American flag. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and I love those shoes. I wanted they, those. Yeah, I didn't get them. Um, I also have a pair that are. How the Grinch Told Christmas. Nice. <laughs> yes. I've, and that's the other thing that they, they will do with the Chuck Taylors and All-Stars a lot of times is that they will get, like, you can get them with, it's got Batman or, or whatever well, on them, you know. If you and, go to their website, mm-hmm. you can actually design and make your own pair. Oh, you nice. You can customize them um, to what you want. Uh, but I last year, uh, we were coming, we'd gone to see the wife, the wife's sister. Mm-hmm. They'd had a new baby. And on the way back, we stopped through Pigeon Forge at the the outlet mall there. Mm-hmm. And the Converse store there was having a buy one, get one half off. And I finally got what, for me, was the pinnacle of Converse Chuck Taylor shoe. Okay. And that was the black leather Oh, yeah, Chuck Taylor. yeah, yeah. Those are pretty nice. So, so. It, it, you know, it only took me till my mid-40s to be able to finally get <laughs> the black leather Chuck Taylor shoe. And all of a sudden, you were cool. I, that, that's, that's my moment of coolness. Uh, from last episode. And so. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually running them by wearing them because yeah, exactly. I'm not cool. Yeah, exactly. The only thing I don't like about them is they don't have, you know, most of the Chuck Taylors, they've got the little thing to put the shoestrings through. Mm-hmm. 
to keep the tongue of the shoe in place. Right, right. The leather ones don't have that, and they keep sliding, sliding down. Off. I know that's so. Oh, I hate that. Um, obviously, the the flannel shirt, leather is, biker jacket, leather biker jacket was another. You see a lot of a lot. Yeah. of that. I'm trying to think. Big that, baggy cardigan, baggy jeans. Yeah, that was a. I mean, I I wore them. I loved them. They were comfortable. It was everything. But when you're in I your because I was fat. When you're in your forties, you don't. You really don't look cool in them. <laughs> it's all of a sudden. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Are you wearing your sister's jeans? Yeah, again? I mean, it's just it's such a. I know. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, there's it, you go on. To, I can never remember the name. The name. There was that. Well, you go obviously about the Jinkos. There was Jinkos, yeah, but no, I'm talking about like obviously, you know, the the uh, stocking cap was like a big thing, oh, you know. Yeah. But then there was that other thing I can never remember the name of it. It was like a stocking cap, but it looked like it had like fingers on, or it was like these. Um, oh, it was a ski cap. Yeah, it was like I, a ski cap. Remember, it was like really big in the early '90s. Yeah. Like you would see people wearing them all the time. I was well, like, all right. It was from where everybody was going skiing, and they were selling yeah. them at the lodges. I mean, I remember seeing those. Well, I'm not talking about with like the where they would have like the ball on top of it. I'm talking about like they had like long pieces of fabric that yeah. hung down. Oh, you know what else is a very 90s word like fashion thing? What's that? The, the uh, cat in the hat hat. Because <laughs> you yeah. would see that somebody invariably somebody would show up at the club wearing one of those things yeah. for years. Yeah, and it was just oh, like, uh, yeah. especially well, when the whole rave culture thing came in, uh, you know, it's a, and the big, the big puffy jester. There you hat. go, there you go. We can argue. Well, what's the most Gen X drug? A drug was it ecstasy or heroin? <laughs> I hate that topic. I know, but <laughs> but both were widely used, mm-hmm. not by me. No, same here. I, I've not done either of them. Um, so. But her- I think heroin was huge. Heroin. I mean, especially when you look at how many musicians died because and of heroin still dying of yeah. it. And you know the models, you know, the, the heroin models, chic. Heroin I know, chic. I know. That's what they call it, the Kate Moss. Yeah, yeah the mean, whole like just super skinny and it yeah. Was, who in their right mind thought marketing a heroin addiction was a good idea? Yes. Somebody did, and they ran it for a long time. And what Jamie bad? King was another one. What, yeah. What's bad is that now we've got, with the opioid crisis, we've got a bad problem with heroin again mm-hmm. because it's cheaper than crystal mm-hmm. meth. Mm-hmm. You it's, know, it's, yeah, it's cheaper than... Well, it's cheaper than a lot of a stuff. A friend of mine who is a police officer in West Tennessee, I've heard him talk about this, of like people who have opioid addictions, you know, your suburban yeah. housewife... Who gets hooked on this stuff? You and had a problem. You had a you problem. You got a prescription. You had a prescription. Then the prescription runs out, or they can't find somebody to sell them to them, and they find out, hey, heroin is the same thing, and it's cheaper. And all of a sudden, it came to the suburbs. Yeah. And that's scary. I mean, it well, just. Uh, it, it's not only that, but look at who most of the people living in the burbs are right now. Well, that's true. There's that too. It, it's you us, know. right? You yeah. know, we're all we're all quote responsible homeowners yeah, at whatever. this point but, <laughs> you know and, and I'm not saying we're all out here doing smack and all that no, you know no. most of us are trying to right. we're doing our best to be responsible adults and but there's there's still a few out there that are like dude I remember in the 90s when we used to you know mess with this and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. oh I know like, I know with like dude I can't get my prescription refilled I wonder if I can find a little heroin right uh, it, it's it's crazy but okay yeah, if you want to throw your life away great all right go ahead like our generation wasn't small enough as it was <laughs> yeah okay so we're coming down to the end of this I want to say to do to do this okay oh here we go this is from January of this year it's a Huffington Post article okay Hold on, let me take a breath. Hold on. No, 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 no. The thing is, is it, it was put together because of something that happened, okay? Yeah, right. The headline is, Generation Xers have the most Gen X response to being left off the list. <laughs> I remember seeing this. What happened is that CBS, which we might add, has the, has the oldest average viewer of any of the other major networks. It and ten years ago, their average age of their viewer was sixty-one years old. Ten years ago, wow. 
Okay, so CBS is quite literally the old people. It's the baby boomer network. Okay, that that kind of makes me feel a little depressed because I like some of their shows. <laughs> anyway, they did this this thing. CBS. Um, they. I'll just read the part of the article. So CBS yeah. recently repaired a list of generations. It had the had the silent generation, which was my dad's generation. Pre-World War II generation. No, that's after World War II. So after, okay. And it said, then it was the baby boomers. And then it was the millennials. And they even gave a shout out to the post-millennials. Typical. There's one that's missing here. Yeah, that's, that's, that would be us. Okay. Here you go. Naturally, the denizens of Twitter, including plenty of Xers, had some thoughts. Not to mention more than a few memes from the films that helped define their generation. Patton Oswalt. Here, here's Patton Oswalt. This is pretty good. And his, his Twitter response was, As a member of Gen X, I am 100% cool being left off this mess. Yeah. <laughs> Another user said, I'm just a Gen Xer standing in front of history, asking it to acknowledge me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. Let me find some of the other what, good ones one that there. I, one that I saw, um, the Twitter guy was like, it's okay, CBS. I've got a key. I can't let myself yeah, into exactly. the house. Here's one. Here's another Twitter user. Uh, he said, uh, you forgot one, CBS, Gen X. You may remember us as the inventors of Harry Potter, podcasting, and irony. Uh, says, here's another one. It says boomers yelling at millennials for toast. Millennials yelling at boomers for running for ruining the world. <laughs> Generation Z snorting Tide Pods and yeets into the traffic. Gen X standing back smiling at it all. <laughs> <laughs> when when I saw that post, I, uh-huh. I reposted. I think all I said was whatever. Well, so here goes another one. Gen X was apparently out of the beard, out of the building during roll call, roll call, probably too busy taking care of an elderly parent while sending an Uber to an unemployed millennial child and arguing with a post millennial about, about why the Wi-Fi is so slow. <laughs> oh, that 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 hurts because we truly are the parents right now. We're we're the middle aged parents. Here's another good one. Oh. Is it too on the nose that I'm entirely indifferent to this? <laughs> Uh, here's uh, you may know us as the ones currently shoring up boomer, boomer social security benefits while probably not being able to retire ourselves. <laughs> some some of these cut a little bit. That's a go. little cutting. Yeah. Don't you forget about me. Oh, <laughs> Thompson twin. No, 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 no. no, no, no. Simple no. minds. Yeah, simple, simple minds. minds. Sorry, my bad. Says I'm Gen X. I'm just sitting on the sidelines and watching the world burn. <laughs> <laughs> And then, hold on. Okay, here we go. Yeah. Just remember, for every boomer that hates a millennial, hates a millennial, there's a generation in between that hates you both. (laughs) (laughs) Here's another. Here we go. Our generation is literally defined by being left out. So yeah. Yeah. So, Here it is. I'm not sure if I should be really angry or ironically angry at CBS for erasing my generation. <laughs> <laughs> so, not not to say there aren't people in both generations that I don't love right. dearly, but oversimplification and generalizations generally tend to lump everybody in. Well, here the you go. Common denominator. This one right here says it all. Okay. Oh well, whatever. Never yeah. mind. <laughs> Directly from Nirvana. And that is the most generation response to anything. Yeah. I mean, it is. We're not just sitting here like crowing on about how great our generation is. Because the thing is, is I don't hate millennials because I feel sorry for millennials because that, you've taken the brunt. It, here's what that, it is. That, that's probably the way I, f- I should feel. But I'm, I'm there's a lot of them. I'm very annoyed. With. Oh, that's fine. But here, here's the thing. When you start talking about millennials, most people automatically assume that, you know, we created them. Like, literally, like, we birthed them into existence. Well, that's not 100% true. A lot of millennials are our younger younger siblings siblings, from our parents' second marriages. Yeah. 
and I, I'm one of the lucky few that my folks yeah my have. my folks are still together yeah. so I, you know it's but it's what but our generation saw a lot of divorce ton of divorce tons and tons ton of divorce of so basically what it, what the, my take on it has been look we came along we basically took all the licks. And, we, and 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 a lot forged, of us had to raise ourselves. Yeah, and forged this the road. Were too busy right, on their career. And forged this road for the millennials to come along and have it easier than we did. Yeah, but we forgot to do something, and that, in my opinion, is we forgot to turn around and take them by the hand and say, "Come on, let's let's talk." Okay, well, we're, we're almost as bad as our I know, parents are because we left them to our. Their we own left devices them on devices because with, with the parents that didn't raise us, and and a lot of it was because we were so bitter about yeah, not. I mean, it, it's it's been well documented. We were the least parented generation, least parented generation. Yeah. Now you had an overcorrection with the next generation where it was all of a sudden it was like the most parented generation you helicopter know parents. Helicopter, helicopter parenting and you know and and all that stuff you yeah. know some of that was was a, was a direct result of us not being not having parents the way that we some were supposed to some of it was to. parents feeling guilty for not being around much for the, the older, older ones, ones and so, and so they over exactly yeah. so that's why i always say i don't look i get it look every generation has its dumbasses we had a ton of them I was one of them for a while. Okay, I'll admit it. Okay, yeah. You know, it's one of those things when you look at the even you look at millennials, you know, and they have like an excessive amount of tattoos, which I have them also. Okay, you know why you have excessive tattoos? Because we came along and got tattoos when other people when tattoos weren't really as cool. In fact, they would almost stigmatize you. They really did for a long time. That was one of the things. But the thing is, is that we came along and did all that. We did the body piercing. You know, we did the we weren't the first generation necessarily. Well, we really were because of the punk movement of, you know, punk music is very, is very, a, very much a Gen X thing. You know, like yeah. we, we cut our teeth on that. And so we saw people with purple mohawks and stuff like that. And so and we would do all that. Yeah. All that stuff. And, and they weren't sanitary. About no. They just take a safety pin and jam it through their nose. Right. And so, you know, we did that. And then like any good following generation you take what the the previous generation did and you take it to an extreme (laughs) and so that you know we once again we paved the way and it is one of those things that i think that it's to our detriment that we did not say hey you know come here you know we were also at Look at the age we were. We I know. were very self-absorbed. Absolutely. We were as self-absorbed as the millennials are. Yeah. I mean, that's... And the baby boomers are as self-absorbed as we were. The, the difference you know? is, I mean, is that we were self-absorbed and we didn't want anybody to bother us. That's a lot of it. We gladly hid yeah. from society. Whereas the millennials were born into a whole new gen- a whole new world of mass media, of social media, of... I can become internet famous. I, I could, you know, you know, I, one of the, one of the things I, I, st- I minored in a area of study called folk studies mm-hmm. and, you know, there's a lot of talk about curating. Right. Um, when I started seeing web postings about how to curate your online persona, yeah, I was like, yeah. Oh, this yes, is going to exactly. go so bad. Exactly. So quickly. Right. And why we wound up with the Kardashians. I mean, that's, you know, it's one of those things that, that the millennials are the, are the first generation famous, right? There's internet famous, but then there's, there are people who are famous for being famous. Paris Hilton, Uh, you know, the Kardashians, the, the, any number of, of the quote reality stars, you know, yes, David Dobrik. Yeah, exactly. All that kind of stuff. And again, we're not slagging on any of them. Good no. for that. I'm glad hey, that you figured it out. It's awesome out, that you've you're done it. Money at it. Exactly. You know, you're providing for yourselves. You know, if that's your thing, do do awesome. your thing. But the thing is, is, and this is something that I tell that I've I tell my kids. <clears throat> like, look, you're gonna growing up, you're gonna experience a lot of stuff. Yeah. You know, you may decide, I want a purple mohawk, or you know, tattoos or body piercings or that kind of stuff. Awesome. If you want to do it wait till you're a little older to make sure that this is something you want like especially with the tattoos yeah. like 
I always still, I tell tattoos both aren't my kids, permanent, but they hurt like they crazy are, coming off. I don't know. And it's one of those things where it's like something you think is funny or cool at 18. You might not, you're really betting against yourself at, at yeah. 50 is what you're doing, you know? You know? Um, if and you, if you want to experiment, do it with stuff that is temporary. Right. Hair is temporary. Hair is temporary and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. The other thing I always say is, do all that stuff, but just remember, you're not the first. You're not. You're not reinventing the wheel. No, we didn't reinvent the wheel. Somebody else did oh, no. it before us, and before them, and we, before we saw them. A style you know, that we liked, and we took it. We it's just. It's just one of those things that it was that that outlaw mentality. Mentality. That, yeah. or it was the outlaw culture that became mainstream while yeah. we were being marketed to for five years. <laughs> <laughs> and while, and then the thing is, is that, you know, this um, internet culture is what, I, I'm talking directly to the millennials. This is, the internet culture is what you're going to be marketed to for the rest of your life. Yeah. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying, this is what you have to look forward to. And at some point, you're not going to be a desired demographic any longer. No. No, and, my, and, and honestly, if you want to change the way you're being marketed to, mm-hmm. you've got the power to change it. Absolutely. All you have to do is turn stuff off and ignore it. Yep. You know, all those companies out there, they're fighting for your dollars. Mm-hmm. And people talk about, I want my voice to be heard. The easiest way to make your voice to be heard is to You vote, vote with your money. With your money. Absolutely vote with your money. If you want to know why... There are so many bad movies that are being made. It's because people go see them. Yep. That's the reason why we got the last three Transformers movies or four Transformers or whatever why it was. We, we keep getting bad movies because you're not going and spending the money to watch the good movies. Exactly. So, anyway, now that we have, you know, um, you know, yelled at clouds and all that stuff, yeah. I just want to leave you with this. No matter what you do. We're just going to stand by and watch the world burn. (laughs) (laughs) That's the end of our episode. I am Alan Smith. I'm Big Dave. (laughs) We'll see you next time. See you.